0: This episode is brought to you by Pillar Performance. For those of you new to the show, Pillar Performance is a sports micronutrition company. The easiest way to describe it is, hydration and fueling products will take you to the finish line, Pillar will get you to the start line in your best condition over and over again. Triple magnesium is my personal favourite, the real kicker is how delicious it tastes. Pineapple and coconut, I take it with my shaker, 60 minutes before I go to bed and lights out deep sleep perfect so if you would like to try pillar performance make sure you pop in to the edge sports mention the runner's diary podcast and get 15 percent off any of the pillar performance products or visit pillarperformance.eu and use code runnersdiary15 for 15 percent off the runner's diary podcast with brian and Damien. Welcome
1: to the Runner's Diary episode 70. I'm Damien. And I'm Brian. On this week's show, we'll have all the latest news, all of last week's results, featured fixtures.
0: And this week, we have a big interview with the inspirational ultra runner, Keith Russell. That's all to come on this week's episode of the Runner's Diary podcast.
1: Welcome back, Damien, and welcome back, everybody, to another week with the Runner's Diary. Um, We'll kick it off with a reaction to last week's podcast, because I think um, rarely have we got so much interaction to any of our podcasts. We've had on some big, big names, but it's funny, actually, Damien, like, when we recorded last week, we weren't sure ourselves, because obviously, you know, it was kind of a bit different to having some of the other stuff we've done in the past, but we got a huge reaction, huge reaction. I mean, you were getting contacted, I was getting contacted... And like we know, it's yeah, yeah. not
0: it's it's by far not anywhere near the anywhere near the most listened episode so far. And I think it it like it it will grow and I do honestly believe that. But yeah. I honestly think it's the most reaction we've got from a podcast yeah. out of every podcast that we've done. Like we've got Lindy for president, we've got absolutely yeah, yeah. really love her straightforward talking. I've had people come up to me in the shop and say to me, you know, like yeah, it is actually been in a, a brilliant reaction and everyone has loved the honesty and the straightforwardness. So, you know, we do, again, it comes back and we say this constantly, we actually really appreciate the feedback, be it good, which we, we love obviously. Um, but even at times, if there's some people that aren't happy with it, then let us know. But, you know, it's, it's refreshing to get an interview like that and to get the reaction like we did with it. So again, yeah. thank you to everybody who has listened and I would honestly encourage everybody to go back and actually listen to it because it is very very very
1: very interesting yeah and i think at times you know we do get feedback from people we know ourselves who either message us or say something to us when we meet them it's, mm-hmm. it's it was great this week to see so many people who we don't know in person i suppose come back and give feedback so again yeah i'd encourage people to come back to us and with their thoughts and opinions on things which is great
0: yeah and obviously in the second half of this we have uh keith Russell coming up and i found i honestly found it so inspirational uh very emotional as well which i thought it was a one time and at one time i actually i I honest to god i actually got caught up with one stage because he's an eight-year-old daughter which you know we obviously i know we talk about and i have an eight-year-old daughter and you could put yourself in his position and it's oh incredible so that is definitely
1: well worth uh listening in for yeah yeah couldn't agree more yeah couldn't agree more so that's coming up in the second half as you said uh, we we'll move it forward because amazingly enough while we taught there we, and we've mentioned ourselves a couple of times you know things should start quieting down now but this is certainly not a weekend that no. things quiet down and there was uh, a huge amount of races across the country uh, so we've quite a lot to cover so we're going to start off again with another competition Uh, so this time thanks to our friends in Farron 4, so the Farron Main Valley AC 5k road race takes place on December 26th, so again, this is a very popular race, I think a very fast race as well um, from what I know, so again, as we've been calling out, it, it's one of the longest running races in Ireland and again, a great way to blow off the Christmas Day cobwebs, so uh, more information can be found on their Facebook page, that's Farron 4 um, AC, Farron 4 AC, so check that one out, but we have two free entries again, so again, as always, just look out for the post about the, this race and tag your running buddy. And hopefully you'll be in a chance to head to a great race in Far and Four on December the 26th.
0: Yes, and again, with all the links for any of these competitions and results and our featured fixtures, they're all available now on our show notes. Plus, they're also available on our website on a Monday afternoon with links to everything. So, you know, if anybody wants to feature in any of these a feature fixtures or give us a help as well competitions please let us know we are more than happy to help so yeah great competition and best of luck to uh, Far and Foreman as well with that race you know uh, long tradition and best of luck to them
1: no as you may have heard last week um we brought the news to the public about no probably the most famous shorts in Ireland yeah. so Rory O'Hagan uh, again who helps us out quite a lot here on the show um As we call them last week. The best
0: bald bearded sports presenter in Cox Red FM
1: is what I hear. (laughs) Yeah, but also known as Mr. Tango, right? Tango Man, we christened him last week because he wears the orange Watergrass Hill signet and he has the orange matching shorts. So these shorts have become famous. But unfortunately, he contacted us last week as we call out to let us know that the shorts are no more and the shorts had ripped down the middle. No. We announced the, the this last week, but again, news reached us on Friday that needle and thread had been found, and an attempt to soften them back together was done. Um, and they did make an appearance at a race this morning. But I think you may have seen the evidence of yeah. what's left of those shorts. Well, well, something else nearly made an appearance as well, but thankfully <laughs> it, did. it didn't. <laughs> and thankfully, no photos. We, we got one photo that we got from our good friend Graham. Uh, was one that was enough to see. I think so. I'm told again by Rory that the bin that the bin is certainly in sight now again and they're going to be dumped. But look, we will wait and see. They could be put we'd, up for auction, I'd say.
0: You'd have to find someone who has orange shorts to spare to give them to Rory for Christmas. He deserves them, the poor lad. Jesus. Um, <laughs> this, I don't. Right. Um, we move on, all right. So we missed out last week. Because I was obviously away, Brian, and you were emotional yeah, of me being actually, away and
1: all that. Fairness to people said it was one of the best episodes ever when you were away. Actually, And Andy <laughs> again did a great job, so
0: I wouldn't know. doubt that. And again, thanks yeah. for Andy for filling in for me when I was drinking sparkling water. Um. So, Nick Gregs done the park run for himself. Ran thirteen fifty seven, as you do in a park run, Brian, and started slowly. In his own words, he started slowly and picked it up. And then it's amazing, then you see the cross-country today, which, you know, with the results will come to later on, but he was about 100 metres ahead with 200 metres to go in the under-20 race and collapsed straight to the floor um, with 200 metres to go and could not finish at all. Like, it just shows how tough these races are. It's incredible. Um, Like, from going from 13.57 to, you know, 200 metres to go into a race and you can't even get to the finish
1: line in it, um, conditions other, were yeah, brutal conditions were tough I believe yeah. brutal. I suppose yeah. the other thing though is he's been on the go quite hard for a long time now mm. and just look hopefully best wishes to him from ourselves obviously as well and a speedy recovery I believe as you said he's okay anyway yeah. but maybe time to take a bit of a break maybe or something mm. like that and let the body recharge again and then that leads into there's a bit of cross country talk today lads, but this moves into
0: a race I saw during or news came over the weekend that there was a race in England, in Parliament, um, the Parliament Park, I think is what it was called. Um, they cancelled the race because the conditions were too muddy. Now, I've never heard a cross-country race being cancelled. So it was in Parliament Hill, sorry, and the forecast had been poor all week, and they were monitoring the situation, and they decided to cancel the event. Now, mm-hmm. I... Been kind of following a lot of races of late In the last good few years And I've, I I could be stand, I stand corrected here if I am wrong But I've heard very very few cross country races Ever been cancelled because of uh, Dodgy much. conditions Now
1: yeah.
0: I will caveat that and It's a new word I'm using lately um, With I think the main issue was cars getting in and out And it was okay. safety for the public But still it is still an unusual story To hear that Not race being yeah. cancelled
1: Funny enough, we had our club night out last night actually, and we were talking a bit about cross country, and you know some of these famous videos that you see going around where guys fall into the mud and then a the fellow runs over from him and stands his head into the pool, pool of water, yeah. or, or the one in fairness that uh, John Quigley normally gets every year the 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 BHA cross country in January. There uh, again, there's a hill there I think where you see a lot of people slipping and sliding. Yeah making their way up in muddy hills, So it adds to the occasions when we see it those does. things. So, yeah.
0: so then we move on a small bit more, Brain, mm-hmm. to some more cross-country, but locally, well, sorry, as in a local club for us, Um, got a message from a member of St. Catherine's, And St. Catherine's today had an unbelievable run Um, up in the, the Nationals, where their under-12 girls team won silver, in the All-Irelands today, which is obviously an absolutely massive achievement for the girls, personally, for the girls as a team, and more and more importantly as well for the whole club of St. Catharines. Those St. Catharines were on to us. They want to send the ma- biggest congratulations to Mary Jane Casey, Sophie O'Connor, uh, Jill Beecher, Aoife O'Connor, Ashling Burke, and Kira O'Connell, who are all part of the Under-12 girls team today. Who um, won the under 12s or silver in the under 12s, sorry? And um, the whole club would like to say they are extremely proud of all, every single one of you. And, you know, there are, it's unbelievable achievement for them all. So well done Great to future. every single yep. one of them.
1: Great future ahead for them, hopefully. Exactly. And you have more cross country news, I believe. More cross country. The, the NCAAs. The NCAAs. It's a, it's a race that is
0: always brilliant, but. If you're ever looking for mud, you ain't going to not find muddy. it. Not muddy,
1: not muddy, no. Um,
0: but all oh, makes for very, very, very fast running. So yeah, there was a few Irish involved in it, and again, these, we might have missed somebody, but you know, if we have, apologies. So Sophia O'Sullivan in the ladies finished 56th altogether. Um, Annika Thompson, 104th, Laura Um Mooney, 185. Cara Laver- Laverty, 221, and Neil Vomani 235. When you hear some of the numbers in cross-country, I know it's such a big event, you know, but mm-hmm. compare that to some of the cross-country races here. You know, the numbers are yeah, incredible. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's massive. Okay. Then in the men's, um, Michael Morgan was 99th, Abdul uh, Longley, 106th, Dean Casey, 151st, Sean K. Um, it was one hundred and seventy-seven as well in that. So, you know, well done to all the Irish involved. I know yeah. talking to a couple of the past guests that we've had here who've run in it, I've said it's just an obscene
1: um, event. The start unreal, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's it's just... like the charge of the Light Brigade, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, oh, it's incredible. Yeah. No, it is unbelievable. And while we have a lot of cross-country talk, we also have a lot of ultra-running talk this week. Obviously, mm-hmm. as you said, our interview with Keith Russell- um, we have a few little bits of stories as well. I think you have another one there. Yeah, about, uh, so some, yeah.
0: There, I, we spoke about it earlier in this year
1: where there was a, an English
0: runner. Uh, she was banned. Or she got disqualified from a race after the race for uh, cheating. So yeah. she's turned out anyway that she has got a fine. Or sorry, not a fine. Jesus. She actually got suspended for 12 months. Um, She took a car. <laughs> she took, she took a she car did. in the 50K. um. As you do exactly, yeah. So, um, she was just all her, and as also has said that the Scottish and UK records, you know, are, are in trouble for her as well, you know. So, like, it's just absolutely madness. But look, you know, things people do nowadays, and it is just crazy. And then in South Africa, um, an, an elite runner, and uh, what's his name? Sorry, no, I'm just going to get his name there now, Tom Evans was out training for an ultramarathon, got mugged at knife point, got all his stuff stolen while he was training. So he was attacked, beaten up, and had all his possessions stolen out on a run as he was training for an ultramarathon. Now, give a massive thanks to Kennings for sending that on to us. Um, Jesus, that's
1: like you know it's hard, you to, it's not, ultras aren't
0: hard enough without being moaked and attacked on them yeah <laughs> um, so he is um a former British army captain so he would be no slouch either I no. would say you know so you know crazy stuff all together stick um, to the five kids stick to the five kids in out <laughs> Bob's your uncle thanks very much so no I think you know it just goes to show you have to be careful try to have as many people mm. with you as you can when you're training for these events where it is all, all possible
1: That's it. Right. We better move it on because, as I said, we have quite a lot of results to get through uh, here. So bear with us here. Again, thanks to our friends in uh, Wellbeing, Meyer, and Neptune Stadium for sponsoring our results section. Again, give them a shout there if you're passing anywhere near them. but yeah, we'll go to our results section now. So the first one was one of our featured fixtures there over the last couple of weeks. And again, they gave us a great competition. Um, I've spoke to a few people who were at this event. It was challenging as it was advertised. It was a hilly course. But again, they got huge numbers. I think there was 400 plus at this again. So a 10-miler. So previous guest, John Kinsella, uh, very recently previous guest actually, and recently seen sporting the runner's diary cap as well. So it was an action there. So well done to John. Uh, from Bulbo ASC, a great time there of 5404. Followed closely enough by Paul Maloney from Mallow ASC, and then we haven't called out in a while. Paul, as many people may know, has been injured for a while. Um, I actually was briefly in talks with him after he ran a Saturday. He didn't intend to go out so fast, but of course, when you turn up to a race and you, you're, you have a competitive side, he couldn't hold back, so he went down. Uh, yeah, first, first
0: mile rumour four about 4.56, was it, or something like that, I think?
1: Yeah, yeah something like that, yeah, yeah. So Paul was second in 54.35, and third, Niall Gilchrist from Hanwell, I'm guessing that's a UK club, in 55.54. So good racing there, as I said, over a hard course. In the ladies' event, again, a few names that we've called out a few times in the past. So Neve Cronin from St. Finbar's AC was first lady home in a time of 105. 42. Breda Gaffney, Mallow SC, one hour, six minutes and five seconds. And third there was Linda Kelly from Carrigaline A C in a time of one hour, six minutes, 30 seconds. So again, well done to host club there at Churchtown the first ever hosting of this 10-miler. Um, and by the sounds of it, while it was challenging, I think people went home quite happy and mm-hmm. looking forward to return there again some
0: someday again. And I tell you, I have no problems with challenging courses. I think there should be more challenging courses out there. So, you know, well done to them. I will give a note Brilliant to see Paul Maloney back. Um, I trained a lot with Paul Maloney last year and absolutely saw to the earth. Um, serious injury which he had thought would never be able to run again at a competitive level. Back out now today, and it was you text me today, and I didn't even obviously none of us knew it. You text me today, and I was absolutely chuffed for him. So,
1: Paul, great to see you back. Um, like Paul must be like on his day, one of the most, like, he is one of the most talented runners in Ireland. Um, as I said, I was coached by him this year as well. A fountain of knowledge, absolute fountain of knowledge mm. in athletics. So um, I know he's, you know, he's become, yeah, like he's off a long time. And as we all know, when you're injured, it's frustrating to be watching other runners. And look, there's still a road back for him, obviously, but he put a lot of time into the gym. I know that as well and worked mm. up hard to get himself back. So fingers crossed. Look, yeah, I don't know exactly. what plays ahead, but hopefully we'll see him a bit more again now. To start, Right,
0: we move on to the beat the train. Um, which was raising funds funds for Down syndrome. Very, very good cause. And it's a very brilliant novelty race.
1: Um, yeah. I think you know, a lot of people actually, and I know we've had done previous episodes and, you know, what, would ask people what's their favorite race. I think this one has come up a few times. It's a very great end of year race for people as well, I think, yeah. you know. Good blow to getting the novelty factor.
0: So Trevor Power from Waterford AC, took the win in fifty four fifty, with Craig O'Brien, from Ferrybank AC, in second place, in fifty six fifty four, and Aidan O'Connell, from West Waterford, in a time of 57-05, rounded out the podium. In the ladies, Adele Walsh, from St. Sennans AC, in 103-18, was, took the win, with, The Evergreen Lindo Sullivan from Watergrass Hill um, in a time of 107.58, taking second place. And Grainne Brennan from Carrig AC in a time of 109.08 was
1: third place overall. Yep. From Waterford, we go to Skibbereen next. Uh, So there was two events on a Skibbereen that held the five mile and 10 mile road race. And that was... uh, I think in memory of Noreen McCarthy, there, Memorial Five Mile and Memorial 10 Mile Road Rest. Again, I believe another challenging route. It was a bit hilly. I see some people commenting and posting there about that one. Um, but to the results. So in the Five Mile, first home there was Justin Ryan from Tri Club in a time of 28 31. Second, Aidan McCarthy in a time of 30 36. And third, Enda Fitzmaurice in a time of 31 minutes. In the ladies event, Julie O'Brien was first lady home there. Listen to this one. I'd like to have seen this finish. So, Julia O'Brien was first home in 33-35, and Orla Hayes was second in 33-36. So, just a oh, second between them there. Yes, they're, they're the type of faces you want to see, you know? Yeah. Uh, and third up, Siobhan O'Leary, East Cork AC, in a time of 34-57. So, always oh, great to see a close finish in that. Anyone who was there there must have witnessed a good finish there. In the 10 uh. Uh, another training partner of yours in the past there when you mm. used to be running a lot of your back a bit aren't you uh, no. we want we won't go there we won't go there james doran from on ac uh, was first in the 10 miler in a time of 55 43 uh, second danny mullins from bantry ac in a time of 58 and third kevin wilmot from bandon ac in a time of 58 45 good spread of clubs there and in the ladies event, another former guest, uh, again, another evergreen athlete, uh, Nolly O'Neill, in a time of 105.55, one hour five minutes 55. Second, uh, Clara Rain, in a time of 106.48. And third, Anna Driscoll, one uh, hour 15.58. So, again, well done to everybody involved in the Skipperine races there. And again, well supported also.
0: Yeah. And then we move to the Claire Stream. Uh, Deutsche Börse, is it Cork five K business house? Um, yes, you, did, you did well there. Yeah, again, again, fluent here. It's the German in me. Um, <laughs> so uh, the results from this morning were a very impressive win from Naila Shanahan from Department of Education in fifteen seventeen. Naila's just—I tell you, you know—I've said this Phenomenal. before on, yeah. on this podcast, and I'll say it again: the man is just endless talent it, it, like it's frightening anyway mm-hmm. second in Noon who's on a you know a great run of form this year from Department of Education in 1604 and Anthony Mannix um, from Dell Technologies in a time of 1609 took
1: third place overall those lads in the Department of Education must be getting a lot of time running there with one too it's so you know, check into that much work they're doing should,
0: should have should have should have been a teacher when I was younger should have been there a teacher go. but anyway <laughs> and Nadine Ford from the HSC took the win in the ladies at eighteen oh seven. So you know, in fairness, the two commanding wins by the two winners in these mm-hmm. races as well. Um, Irene Egan in Sterling from nineteen forty three for second, and Elaine Walsh from PWC was in twenty oh six was in third place overall. So well done to everyone who took part this morning. Including, yeah. including Rory Shorts
1: Rory
0: and Shorts it was nearly yeah. it would have been a good day if Jonathan was down there and all you know
1: Ryan, we probably could have made an appearance but so look next year well I I was out last night so I was never making an appearance <laughs> would you believe I was in Mass at 10 o'clock this morning my daughter had a master communion Masses thing so that's that's where I was at that time <laughs> very good I was there last 16, night there, singing I was, songs I yeah. was there last night I got it out of the way there you go there you go <laughs> um We're still going. So next up, Klein Commons, 4K. Again, that's a series that they put on there every year. A very good race series in Klein there in East Cork. Uh, 258 runners turned up. First up home there was Michael Furling. Again, this is 4K. So Michael Furling from East Cork in a time of 13.19. Not too far behind him, Keith Kelly from Yael AC in 13.22. And not too far further back, Peter Howie in a time of 13.27 from Barrymore Cove in the ladies' event. Rebecca McAvoy, St. Finbars AC in a time of 1501. Emma Leahy, 1548. And Jacqueline Hughes from the Cork Track Club in 1607. And we still go on. No, we're still going. Now, this is the last one we're covering because
0: we go to the, the Maestro next after this. Uh, the Gap of done little marathon and 10 miler was on today. I'm going to fly through days there. Donica Casey took the win in three hours and eight minutes and 33 seconds, with Mike Quinlan in the time of 317.44 in second place, and Keto Sullivan in 326.24. You, you
1: are doing so well. I know you're getting you are such an expert up to now. Cassidy oh, yeah. and Quin, Quinlan, they'll be complaining to us again if you get their names wrong. Cassidy, sorry, Donica <laughs> Cassidy, and what is it? Quinlan. Quinlevin I've never heard that second in my life. There you go. My um, my my boss from America is called Quinlevin as well okay. so. My apologies. Yeah.
0: Um my apologies. <laughs> uh, so in the ladies um, Mairead O'Kees in three forty eight oh one o 1 took the win and Laura Burke in 40957 in second and Geraldine Kenny in the time of 43922 was in third. In the 10 miler Fergus Murphy took the win in 10209 with Joe Connor one hundred two forty-one in second, and Killian Macam- Macam- Macamara uh, in one hundred four forty-two. In the ladies, Dolores Duffy, who I think loves all these challenging courses, took the win. No, in another farmer guest, or, uh, in could... another farmer yeah, guest, yeah. in one twenty-two forty-eight. Lily o D. took it second in one twenty-four thirty-eight, and Vivian Just in one twenty-seven
1: twenty-five grounded out the podium yeah and look obviously there's a good few other events as well around the country as Damien said earlier we have our show notes uh you can click into the show notes or better still even get into our website like our article every monday now is starting to come like almost like a race magazine where you have all the results of the weekend that we're calling out but also all the links to all the races as well and some links to other races there's obviously some there's a few other smaller events around the country as well so there's links there but we're going to hand it over now to Lindy Norton to cover some big events, which include the national championships in cross country and also a very big event in Clontarf to Half and the five, I think it was a Clontarf Half and five miler there as well. So over to Lindy.
2: Good day, people. Well, all roads led to Kil- County Kilkenny on Sunday, where with the national cross country course not available for a second year, Goran was hosting the All-Ireland Senior Cross Country Championships and All-Ireland it certainly was, with Northern Irish runners and clubs turning out in force. Indeed, history was almost made when North Belfast Harriers was briefly named as senior men's winner for the first time since 1922, in other words, 101 years. That result was quickly amended. North Belfast and Kilkenny City Harriers had both ended up on 72 points, and it was Kilkenny that won on countback with a 25th placing for the veteran Brian Maher proving decisive. It was still history-making with Kilkenny taking its first ever title and the domination of the championships by Dublin clubs for the past two decades finally overcome. Mullingar Harriers, winners in 1998 and 1999, were the last non-Dublin winners of the men's title. Finishing third was Clonliffe Harriers, the defending champions and a club that has 32 team titles to its credit. Up front, Cormac Dalton of the aforementioned Mullingar Harriers was the individual race winner, holding off the challenge of Kevin Mulcair from NSTC. Both men have spent the past few years in the USA. A close third was Hugh Armstrong of Ballina A.C. Dublin retained its stranglehold on the men's county title. As you probably know, Fiona Everard of Bandon A.C., last year's novice champion, won the women's race from Mary Mulhair of Portleesh and Tullamore's Daniel Donegan. For the first time, both men and women's races were nine kilometers in distance. With four finishers in the top 16, Dublin City Harriers successfully defended the women's team title they had won in 2022 for the first time in 20 years. Adele Monhan in ninth place was first home for the team. Earlier, there had been drama in the men's under 20 race when defending champion Nicholas Griggs dropped out, leaving Niall Murphy from Ennis Track Club to take the title. In the women's race, Anna Gardner of East Down out sprinted Finn Valley's Amy Green in the chase for the line. A day earlier, Sean Doran and Laura McDonnell were the winners at the Air B- Business Houses 6K Cross Country held in and Park, Dublin. Numbers aren't as high as they used to be at BHA races in the Dublin area, but in Cork, record numbers are turning out with almost... 50 finish, 500 finishers at the Cork BHAA race uh, also at the weekend. Not surprising when you consider that the race entry is still just €10 euro after you've paid your annual membership of, I think it's €15, euro, maybe 20 Biggest race of the weekend was the Clontarf Half Marathon and Five Mile in Dublin on Saturday, organised by commercial outfit Bear Races with an astonishing entry of around 4,000 Anthony O'Brien in 70 minutes, 34 seconds, and Becky Woods in 81.29 were the winners in the half marathon. First home in the five mile was John Paul Williamson in 45, with Sive Duncan, the first woman in 33.53. As you can see, the standard was not high and the vast majority of finishers were non-club members, meaning making the race a nice little earner for Athletics Ireland. Finally, Irish mountain running international Killian Mooney of Dundrum, South Dublin, was the winner of the annual Run the Line 25KM, which started at Kilcullen Adventure Park on Saturday. Mooney finished the tough course around Three Rock, Ferry Castle and neighbouring peaks in one hour, 52 minutes, 50 seconds. Second, and the only other runner to break two hours, was Matthew McConnell in 1.55.06. First woman was Elizabeth Wheeler in 2.25.20. The race is a fundraiser for the Dublin and Wicklow Mountain Rescue Team. And that's it for this week, folks. Okay, thanks,
1: Melinda, Lindy, once again. Expert coverage there again of everything happening. Um, not too sure if you saw much of the nationals, but... I actually didn't see much today, no. Um,
0: Yeah. I was out for literally the whole day. No, there were some some surprising results, and I'm actually going to watch the race tonight when we finish recording here to watch back because, like, you know, I know... The men's results obviously with Cormac winning it, but kind of surprisingly, I, and we saw the results only before we came on. I saw it anyway with Dara finishing ninth, which kind of surprised me. Um, yeah. very talented you know, fielder, unbelievable, so, you know. yeah. yeah. If in yeah. Gideon, yeah. seventh, you know, Brian Faith, fifth, um, hmm. Keelan Kilroy, fourth, you know, so like there's there was yeah. a lot of big names in it, and you know, for them to come down, um. What I will say is Fiona from Bandon, in fairness, again, unbelievable win, fantastic win. Yeah. Delighted for her. Um the ladies again, you know, a very good race, but she was just controlled 30 over 30 second win. Fantastic for her. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I so, think I think we i come back we we'll come back to that brain. I'd have to watch that first. But you know, I do
1: look I, we did see conditions, I saw some of the conditions they were brutal. Well they uh, were warning yesterday even, like obviously we're recording this on a Sunday now, but they were warning even on Saturday for spectators and as many people as possible to stay off the course because the conditions were heavy and that was Saturday. So yeah. Uh, challenging conditions there, i say all right. Proper cross country. Exactly. Um so with that again, we'll move on to our featured fixtures yeah so
0: first featured fixture this week is the great Glenville run which is on Sunday the 26th of November brilliant mm-hmm. race um, very very good course um, kind of first start the hill in, but then after that is actually very 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 good um, yep. great I mean it's great post spread after it chance mm-hmm. to meet Rory and maybe he's abandoned, and Brian. and I hope get that one. And Brian and a chance to meet Rory's maybe his orange shorts or his new right. orange shorts, hopefully. Um,
1: I think so Rory's shorts should be put up as a prize, category prize. framed yes. up. Yes. And signed. All, yeah. Framed, yeah, signed Rory's
0: shorts. <laughs> framed and signed. Uh, but yeah. seriously, on, uh, in a, a brilliant race by a very, very good club. Um so I would encourage everybody to go out and support that race. Um well, well, well worth it. Keep cup as well. I have a yep. couple in the house here. They're used every single day of the week. Worth getting signed up for the race just for that alone. So, you know, get
1: down to the Glenville run there. Well, well, well worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. As I said I hope to be there myself anyway. Um so we we'll look forward to that one. Another one to look forward is Just a week later, again, another top, top race, well-supported race, fast course. So that's the Duhalo AC 5K Classic Road Race. That takes place in Newmarket on Sunday, the 3rd of December at 1 p.m. So that's Newmarket at 1 p.m. Again, this is one of the fastest 5Ks in Ireland. Uh, Great race for PB and caters for all fitness levels. You know, uh, the first athlete home there will win the Ger Murphy Perpetual Cup. Huge prize price fund, all cash, €300 euro for the first man and woman. And cash prize also for breaking the course record, which is in the men's, slightly faster than you, just slightly, men's, 14.06. And the women's, 15.49. So
0: And the, the men's is held by a previous guest as well, that course record is by a previous guest. Evan Byrne.
1: Correct. And the women's is? Um, Michelle Finn. Michelle Finn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, two well-known runners there. So again, look, it's it's well-established race. It's all great categories as well. You know, uh, I always like races that cater for category prizes and they do quite a lot. Do, I, so, do they do up high age categories to suit
0: yourself to the? Ancient, yeah. Ancient, 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 ancient That's just, ones. Yeah. That's just to make sure. That's just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> and we move on to our next one, which is. I, I, sorry, I, I just have to go, go back to
1: seeing as I put up with weeks of you mentioning podium finishes, you never congratulated me on my podium finish last week in iris you're Bush, not going well, there yeah yeah i finished no, second. that's that's okay but can we just do the featured fixtures first and then we can come back to that no, because i just to take that opportunity there to try in my podium finish there
0: i heard you had to ring and all and get and actually make sure you try to
1: get yourself back into an order category yeah, well, they complimented me by putting me into younger categories. So as much as you always give up about my age, they're, they're down West Coast I must look young.
0: <laughs> so well done. And you're over 45, second place in the Irish 5 miler and a
1: challenging course I talk to,
0: about and it. a very challenging course,
1: yeah, yeah, Very right. challenging cool.
0: course. I'll remind you that again sometime, yeah. Okay, do
1: okay, yeah. please.
0: Uh, <laughs> next year, the featured fixtures are yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> far and four main valley AC 5k, which is our competition, of course, this week on the 26th of December. So it's one of the Ireland's longest running races in Ireland. Uh, far and four, do you know what? No, I've been in far and four a few times in my life. Obviously, I was flying out to Germany a few times and stuff like that. Um, it's very flat, so this has yep. to be. I like it is just a very flat. So this course has to be flat. Mm-hmm. So and I, and it is very very fast. And I do you know it's an area you can get to quite easily for everybody. Get out there, blow off the old uh, Christmas booze, turkey, the whole lot, desserts. You know, and have a good race and enjoy it. So I, again, we have all this information
1: up on our show notes and our website from tomorrow as well. Yeah, and just one more to close out the year on. Again, if you're chasing that PB maybe at the end of the year or whatever it is, chasing a good run out. One last one uh, for our featured fixtures is the Toker AC 5K. Uh, that's taking place on Sunday, December the 31st, so the last day of the year at 11 a.m. And Again, I've ran this one a few times. I think you've run it as well. Um, Another very fast course as well. Um, We recognise one of the the faster courses around as well. So that's Toker AC 5K on December the 31st at 11am. And for all these events that we've called out, you can check out each of those clubs' uh, social media pages or obviously now everybody's kind of under the one banner of eventmaster.ie. So check on check out the links there and, and go to those races. And again, a lot of these races are being done for some very good charities as well. I know the, the Talker AC do theirs for Cork Mental Health. So again, another good one to support if you can get out there over Christmas. And you know what? It's always good festive spirit at these races to over Christmas, people. I just, yeah, buzz. yeah, there's a buzz. There's just a there's just a different vibe off these races for it. Um,
0: yeah. But again on our show notes or on our website from Monday afternoon. Um, make sure you check them out. And, you know, I really encourage people to support the our featured fixtures because they're races who are, you know, helping us to help people win entries. You know, they're great local local races and we say, as we always do, if there's a race who wants to be involved with the featured fixtures, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us as well. Yeah, we'd love that. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, our interview. Oh. We'd move to it. Um Russell yep. of never. We chat with him on Friday night. Um we have it's this is going to be this is obviously a very, very good episode. We're going to come back to Keith again down the road. He's a few races coming up, you know, next year, which we are going to definitely pick up with him again afterwards because brilliant story. We didn't t- as I I think I said it nearly the end, we didn't touch on an awful lot of stuff with him. We had an awful, obviously, long chat about Alana We had a chat about um, the the part, the backyard challenge. You know, so I found it brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. Very inspirational. I encourage everyone to sit back now and enjoy it, and
1: just you know, pick something from it because I think you will. <laughs> Okay, this week we're delighted to have Keith Russell from AC join us. Keith, uh, very much in the news of late, uh, thanks to his ultramarathon and some crazy uh, adventures. But we'll find out more about that as we go. So, welcome to the Runners Diary podcast, Keith.
3: Thanks very much. Thanks for
1: asking me to come on. Yeah, great to have you on. Very looking forward to your story. To be honest about it, I know it's uh, when we put it out there that you were coming on. Um, again, we got great reaction during the week and. You have a lot of fans and uh, followers, I suppose. Um, and something different, I suppose, you know, we've done a lot over the last couple of weeks in the lead up to Dublin Marathon, which, again, you're very familiar with as well. So we get your angle on that. So, yeah, looking forward to chatting to you. And like we do with so many, we will kick it off uh, with a rapid fire question round. Uh, and i will be interested to see your answers here. <laughs> there's
0: no pressure, right? There is no oh wrong my God. answers. Okay? It's just, there's <laughs> a lot of pressure. <laughs> right. I got to start off with so we start off with an easy one Road, treadmill or trail?
3: Oh um, You know I like a bit of everything But uh, Probably trail I like trail Yeah Because it's Different variation And a lot to see
1: <laughs> Yeah Okay Um, Favourite shoe brand If you do have a favourite one The Coney Secorney, okay. Yeah. What 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 do you wear in Sacconi? or a matter of interest So I wear
3: I wear the ride. When well, I had the ride, thirteens, fourteens, 15s, 16s But if I'm running, say marathon distance, I
0: have the uh pro trees. Yeah, the new ride next year is gonna be a cracking shoe. Is it? Oh, gonna be a lovely shoe. They're gonna use the form. Sorry, no, this it slightly. They're going to use. Is the that foam. the carbon fiber one? No, no, it's the new ride. So they're gonna take the car the form that they use in the Triumph, which is a lovely new form that they have, yes, and they're gonna yes. put that into the ride. So, cracking shoe next. I think yes. it's February first, start of February next year. So, was oh, that going to be right?
3: Seventeen,
1: correct?
0: Yeah,
3: lovely. Yeah, I so
0: that's so. going to be a great shoe, right? <laughs> we
3: have to. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> have to.
1: It's we not have to re- quick fire. No, I was just going to say we'll rename this. We'll re- rename this section the not so rapid fire question. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, back under. On, come on now. Okay. Right. Uh, have what? you um, any rare superstition? Um.
3: Oh my god! Sort of. Yeah, okay. might, I ha, yeah. I have to put so the socks obviously they have a left and a right, so they cannot go on the wrong feet. Okay. Right, okay. and then the left runner has to go on first, and it has to be tied, and then the right runner has to go on and then tied. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah,
0: actually, details. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be far off some of that. Anyway, we're gonna carry on because this is good miles <laughs> <or> kilometers. <laughs> oh, kilometers, kilometers. Oh, good God! Right, yeah. okay. what did you? <laughs> I'm 40 Jesus you <laughs> in I only kilometers? started running
3: 7 years ago so <laughs> yeah um, what's
0: your favourite race?
3: Uh, Stubborn City Marathon
0: okay. okay
1: very good, perfect
0: do you prefer training in hot or cold weather? hot
1: okay morning or evening runner? Oh, morning we're getting good it, now it's, get, it yeah, it's, it's getting it is getting rapid good. fire knows, yeah. Yeah. Up.
0: <laughs> if you didn't run you would um, probably still be smoking. <laughs> That's
1: the first I think we've had that. What is it? <laughs> first, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't run without runners. <laughs> yeah, <fair enough. laughs> yeah,
0: no two ones that catch people. All right, one of these you know. Favorite book or movie could be sports. We go sports oriented. So favorite book, yeah, yeah, or, or movie, or movie.
3: Oh, in sports, yeah. Um, oh, Jesus Christ! That's yeah, that's a good one. Like, I'm actually only watching a series there called Quarterback,
1: mm.
3: and it's brilliant.
1: Yeah, I finished uh,
3: it. So that's on Netflix. Yeah, that was absolutely brilliant.
1: Okay, we'll take that one. Next question: If you could take the place of any person in their greatest sporting moment, who would it be, and why? Oh my God! <laughs> any sporting that's... moment. Jesus Christ um,
3: I don't know I like uh, see, I'm, I'm after getting into rugby big time over the last couple of years because my son plays and mm-hmm. it. so it'd have to be down to like, the likes of Johnny Sexton um, you know my son absolutely loves him as well so yeah it'd be sort of
0: yeah winning uh, the Heineken Cup we put it down so for winning the, winning no. the Heineken <laughs> Cup there <are> you <laughs> Right Because unfortunately We obviously couldn't do it In the World Cup So that's a difference. No Right no. Yeah. Okay We're so. going to move on So To the main body of it Alright So Keith You just said yeah. You started running Seven years ago Now People who yes. have Followed you On Instagram And you know All the social media Around Will obviously see That the, one of the main reasons You took up running Is because of your daughter Alana
2: So yeah.
0: Do you want to give us A bit of backstory On, on all that
3: I can do, yeah. Um. So my daughter Lana was she has spastic, spastic quadriplegia cerebral palsy, and we started running in two thousand and sixteen, and it was to prepare for Dublin City Marathon in two thousand um, and seventeen. Um. Now we started running just to raise money for, um, a wheelchair accessible bus for a respite care home, and now that Lana attended, and.
2: You know, it was really just to
3: give back to some organisation because we had to do fundraising for our own house. We had to raise €110,000 to make our house wheelchair accessible. So we just wanted to give back to somebody else. And I gave up smoking, I gave up drinking, and I put everything into praying for Dublin to to, to have this memory with Alana. Um, and we travelled the country in the year 2016-2017, we travelled the country doing 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons and um, we end up doing Dublin City Marathon 2017. Alana became the youngest ever um, participant and finisher of Dublin City Marathon um
1: 2017. And had you had you any sporting background at all before that or, you know, yeah, some of the I, fitness level? Yeah. I, w- I would
3: have, yeah. So I would have played football, um, soccer and Gaelic for years um, and then sort of. Um, after that I gave up playing Gaelic football when I was probably about 30 and then I went into just into the gym doing a bit of CrossFit Um, but then through the fundraisers that we were doing for our own house that's how I got into sort of the running scene then and I went down to see a friend of mine he was raising money for us and he was doing his first ever half marathon and I went down to to meet him at the finish and I seen somebody with a running chair and that was where it all sort of kicked off from and just sort of thought it was something that I could get into and do with Alana and sort of have this bond between us. And, you know, we created an amazing bond and used to love Saturday and Sunday mornings, getting up to go running with her. And just, we'd get up early and we'd head off in the car and we'd go down to Phoenix Park to go training or we would have organised to go to a race like 5k or 10k or whatever it was.
0: Yeah. Like I, I remember, um, twenty seventeen. I remember seeing the pictures of you, you know, finishing it and and ru- and running it and the whole lot of it. And yeah. like, I'd say, Alana just loved the crowds, the atmosphere around the whole place. I'd say it was just even just for the board of you, the buzz and the cheering you got. I say the whole way around was just incredible.
3: Yeah, and it's funny, like, because I was only talking to a fell in the gym there this morning, and he ran with uh, um, another crowd that were pushing a young fell in a chair. And he said, like, it's just incredible. Like everybody like just screaming, like screaming Alana's name. And you know, and the the whole thing going into this that, you know, was to get Alana out there um, and to raise money. And you know, when when someone says to me like, you know, that I like I'm pushing Alana and they know her name, but they don't know me, it's like going, That's that's just exactly why I went to do this. Mm-hmm. Um now it's daunting putting your child out there, but putting your child out there that has special needs it's like it's so so tough because within social media you don't know what way people are going to react what negativity you're going to get you know you just you know so you just don't know when it comes to social media but I have to say in the seven years that like I've started when I started my social media and from till now that I do my social media I've never got any negative comments I've never got any negative feedback and all I've got like is is just love and support from all corners of the world like and you know I can't thank people enough for the amount of support that they have got um up up till you know till the present day like mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and like recently we had team Caron as well and again similar you know assisted running etc um and again, they went on to such, do such great things and similar to what you just said yourself and obviously received the Lord Mayor's medal like you have yeah. done as well. So yeah. tr- through your running as well and through Elan and yourself, you've managed to raise a lot of money, I think, for charity as well. We have. Like myself
3: and a friend of mine only calculated there a few months ago, like through the whole time we started fundraising, we have raised over a quarter of a million, you know, for various different charities, organisations, just people looking for help and things like that and even like lads say you know dealing with cancer and trying to raise money for them and that sort of thing so yeah over over the last six seven years we've we've sort of yeah we've
0: raised over a quarter of a million yeah it's incredible it is like and i you know like it says when you're getting out for your runs and with lana and everything like that was it or early mornings was it evenings like you know Getting out time together, the two of you. Did you have a group when you used to go together? Um. Well,
3: Alana didn't like going out at night, <laughs> so yeah, I had to. I had to be early mornings. So like, I didn't bring her out training during the week. It was just at weekends. Mm. Um. So we'd either, as I said, we'd go down to Phoenix Park. We'd get up at five in the morning. and Get in the car. I'd have to get her up early because I'd have to get her on a feed because she was um she was peg fed. So I'd have to wait till sort of all that settled in her stomach and otherwise she'd start vomiting. So put that in and then put her in the car. And then by the time we got down to the Phoenix park and got organized and things like that, she'd be, she'd be well settled. But like, you know, she was far more content when we were out running and even sleeping wise at home because she was stimulated with like, you know, being out and all the sounds and different people around and cars and all this sort of thing. And she'd doze off and she'd be great. Like, but yeah normally done it with a couple of friends of mine but like it was that it was either just we would have went on our own do you know what I mean so yeah. it didn't really matter once it was getting out with her and she enjoyed it and I enjoyed it and that was the main thing
1: yeah very good unfortunately I don't mean to you know take away but Alana passed away in that December uh, yeah. and obviously you you came back again in, in 2018 and yeah. ran it again in her memory then and obviously, we received the Lord Mayor's Medal of that year as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, six weeks after I run in Dublin, like you know, like you run Dublin and you have the highest of high because it's the, the what we trained for for the whole year. Um, to the lowest point ever in my life, like I, I, I found my daughter dead in her bed, like you know, and um, and you know, she turned eight on the 4th of December, we'd moved back into the house after getting it renovated. Um, you know, everything seemed to be going in the right direction. Um, and then she was put to bed one night and went in to check on her the next morning when I was heading out to work and I found her. You know, and it's yeah, you hit a very low point in your life. It's it's something that no parent should ever have to go through. Um, you know, you become part of a, a club that no one no one wants to be a part of, you know. And um I never wanted Elan's debt to sort of, you know, make me go in the wrong direction that I didn't want to go. Um, I didn't want people to pity me or anything like that. Um, I wanted to use it as a sort of like a tool to, to make myself better. Um, I think Alana had ignited a sort of flame in me to give up smoking and, and train and do the best I can. And, you know, when we done Dublin, mm-hmm. I just I seen what I could do. I seen what um all the dedication and hard work can do um and how happy I was doing it. So it took me about it took me about six to seven months to sort of get myself back together. Um like we'd done the hand over the bus in the June of 2018. Um and I like we had about twelve hundred to fifteen hundred people turned out, you know? Yeah. And it sort of got my drive back again to say, right, I want to go back to Dublin. Um and do Dublin again for Alana in two thousand and eighteen, as you said. Like I went up there, I was getting the Lord Mayor's medal, and Jim O'Gney retired Alana's number as well from Dublin City Marathon, um, which was a massive honour. It was a shock to me because uh, I didn't know it was happening, but it was a massive honour. Um, like we only we only done it once, um, so it just goes to show the magnitude of what people thought of Alana. And um,
0: within the running community, mm-hmm. I, and like, I'd like, as I said, I remember Alana. Like, I, I mean this, and I said, I don't remember. I remember you in the pictures, but we don't remember you. Do you know I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, we remember Alana, and like for yeah. that moment to be is such an honor for your family, friends, Alana's friends, and everybody involved in it. Um, you as a family afterwards, obviously, did you, you know, obviously coping with this of uh, the loss of a child and everything like that. You obviously must have that great support group around you to help you get through that as well.
3: Um, yeah. Well, see, our own my own relationship sort of fell apart as well. So I got we separated now. Um, so things got very hard for us as a family. Um, I found it very hard to talk about how I was feeling about it. It was lack of communication, and we sort of we drifted apart,
0: unfortunately, you know. Okay. Oh yeah. uh, Look, unfortunately, these things can happen. Like, um, you then move on to Dublin. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you run Dublin. You finish that, and you've obviously always done marathons. When did the ultra marathons then come into it? After this, when did that kind of madness start? So it was really my my
3: healing process, um, and the thoughts around what I wanted to do, um, so. Well, just to, so I was coping, um, I was out running, just doing mileage, getting building up mileage at weekends um, and it was just my way of coping with everything and dealing with life in general and seeing a race that was Dublin to Belfast, that was the March, it was March of 2019 um, so I just set my sights on training for it um, and I just, I done my own training so it's just, as I said, building up mileage. And uh, I got up to like, I ran a marathon on a Saturday morning, a marathon Saturday night into Sunday, and then a marathon on a Sunday morning. So within sort of like 24 hours, I had ran three marathons, like Dublin to Belfast, 172 kilometers. So I, I got up to about like, I think it was like 125 kilometers. So I knew then it's like, right, grand. I've only like 50 kilometers left when the race comes. Yeah. But I, I went up and ran the last 10K of that race as well. So when I got to a certain point, I knew where I was and I knew sort of what turns I had to take and I I, I sort of knew where, how far I had to go.
0: Yeah, I love the way you said only 50 kilometers left to go. <laughs> I say that now. <laughs> Jesus, that's madness.
1: Like, <laughs> madness. Yeah. He, yeah just the, just a the question then, I suppose, like when you were running with land, obviously you were running as part of a team and then obviously yeah. you running solo you know, over the last when did it kind of change from being when did you see yourself going forward as a com- kind of a competitor?
3: Um I suppose I always felt I was a competitor. Like even with Alana now, I was always chasing time. You know, like I wanted to break, I wanted mm. to break 20-minute 5k with her. Um, and the best we'd done, I think we got down to 20 minutes, 20 seconds. Um, I wanted to try and break the 130 half marathon, and we got down to 132. You know what I mean? So I was always sort of competitive with myself. Um, obviously not saying it to anybody, but you know, as you grow up playing football, you're you're going you're competitive. And even now, like I'm I'm very competitive. But you that's ran,
0: what did you run with Atlanta again? Was that it was something like three twelve or something, was it? Uh in Dublin it was
3: three twenty sorry, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's, yeah.
0: That's incredible to to be able to push obviously a wheelchair with a on it and to run a three twenty one, it just shows how competitive you are.
3: Well, you so you know, I done the Longwood three quarter marathon about three weeks before Dublin, and that gave me an awful shock, like because I went out too fast, and the last six or seven k was just—it's like every hill in Longwood was there, and I struggled badly. Um, now I ran it. I think I done about two two twenty five, but it sort of taught me lessons going into Dublin. Right, right, I have to be very very cautious of my pace not get carried away and not get caught up with running with people or things like that. You know what I mean? So I just had to stick to my own pace and like, it was amazing. I had an incredible race and still felt great finishing. Like even pushing the chair, like pushing the chair is 40 kilos. Now it's grand on the flat or going downhill, but when you're going uphill, you can't, you don't even have to use of your arms. Your, your legs are taking all the pressure, your hamstrings, your cat, everything's taking pressure. Like, you know,
0: yeah, it's, 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 and actually, um, the lads, um, Dean Carey were saying that going down the hills for them was the hardest part, wasn't it, Brian? That, like, you, whole, you're, you're trying to hold on to the Hold the, on to the uh, chair, yeah. the whole way down was yeah, the hardest part for it. Yeah
3: yeah. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, I, I, I'm, we're fascinated by this, the, well, I am anyway fascinated by the, the, the backyard challenges that you do. Yes, yeah. All right, I just think it's absolutely bonkers but brilliant at the same time because the strategy that comes into these events is absolutely massive now Brian are you're you signing up for one next year are you? <laughs> uh, I think Brian's internet is slightly off <laughs> <laughs> Um so Keith um, briefly again I know we spoke about it again go through exactly what is the a Backyard Challenge
3: so Backyard Ultra is it's Backyard Ultra or it's last one standing so kilometers every hour um and you have to be on the start line to go again at the top of every hour um if you do the lap in 40 minutes you get 20 minutes rest if you do the lap in 50 minutes you get 10 minutes rest and you just keep doing that until there's no one else left in the race
0: and you broke the Irish record last year wasn't it and i think did you finish second in what in in one of them
3: yeah so the very first one I done I think it was in 2021 or 2020 I broke the Irish record it, it stood at 49 hours and I we well, done 63 now the thing about it is is that you only go as far as the second last person which is called he's called the assist so once he stops the last person only gets to do one more lap and the race is over okay. but now that could be at that could happen at 30 hours it could happen at 40 hours but we went for, there was four of us on the start line at 59 hours. And it just shows how quick people start to drop off then. Once some, someone drops out, it nearly causes a bit of panic between people. Like, do you know what I mean? But you try to help each other out too, because you need them there to go as far as you can. So the very first one I've done, we've we, uh, we done 63 hours. So we broke the Irish record by 14 hours.
0: Yeah, and like this year was bonkers, wasn't it? The, like yeah. the, world, the world record broken, smashed the world record. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just madness.
3: Yeah, so like I, I was in Germany last year and we, we had broke the world record. So I was the assist at that time. So I had stopped on the 90th hour. Um, I had turned and came back. Now, I looked at it that it was like a, a moment of weakness. Uh, like I was after, it took me a couple of months to get over it because um. I felt I had so much more in me now. My, I know my body was breaking down, my sem- my central nervous system was shutting down. Um, I couldn't eat for ages. I was coughing. I had blisters on my tongue. Um, it was just my whole body was just going against me. And I just hit a point, and I just turned around and came back. And um, Marin Gertz, he's from uh, Belgium, so he he was the world record holder then. Now he was second in the world. Um, and you know, it's it's amazing when you look at it and it's like you're one of two people in the world to do this distance and you still weren't happy. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. I think that was something in me that even if I won, I don't think it was still gonna sue that for me. There was this, I suppose, just something inside me that, you know, I just wasn't gonna be happy either way because um I had to do a lot of internal work, internal healing. Um, okay. And that really only came about in like the end of last year. Um, I ended up getting a stress fracture on my femur and I, I couldn't run for, I couldn't train for about seven or eight months and I had to start doing sort of a bit of a bit of self-care and, you know, it sort of changed how I sort of view everything now and it's making me sort of take a step back and, mm. um, And enjoy enjoy life, but enjoy training and and sort of take my downtime, my rest time when I need it. Do you know what I mean? Because if you're working yourself at 100% all the time, your body's going to break down and it's going to make you stop. It's going to make you have to take that rest and assess everything that's going
0: on. Yeah, and you're going to have to take the rest at a time when you don't want to take the rest because, you know, you pushed yourself so far where if you're giving yourself the rest, you know, I'm going to be back running in four or five days time. Yeah. But if you if you go that extra week or two, you could be off for three, four weeks just be from pure stupidity. That's it. And like when I came back from the
3: backyard after running, that went up done about 597 kilometers. So it was 89 hours. And then that was in the May. So, like, oh, so about three months later, I was in um, Verona uh running the 24 hour European Championships for Ireland. Um and that I end, I ended up running 246.7 kilometers there as well. But at that point in that race, um, str- before that race, my stress fracture was starting to form. Um, so I was trying to just take painkillers to get through that race. Um, but it just goes to show the extent that I was willing to go just to keep training and just to keep running and not look after myself.
1: He's, how, how do you actually train for something like like these events, these backyard ultras, <laughs> and these twenty four hour events? How do you actually train? You know, like obviously. You know, people do long runs and speed sessions or whatever yeah. it is. How do you train for an event like that?
3: I, I to be honest, it'd be the same. So I do long runs. Um, well, I do speed sessions, but my speed sessions could be like 15, 16 kilometers. Um, but they're high intensity. They're just that slight bit longer. Uh, I do tempo sessions, which could go up to 21 to 25 kilometers. Like one of my tempo sessions was like uh 3 by 5K. Uh, with 1k in between but all the 5k's had to be sub 20 so that was like a tempo session um, yeah. and then uh, like you sort of between each day then you ha- sort of have an easy run like you just sort of do a 10k but it has to be slow Yeah, then a week feet. that's it that's what it is and, and to be honest like training for 24 hours training for the backyard I've actually gotten quicker marathons out of it you know rather than going out and doing 20 miles at say 430 or 415 per kilometer. I'm running probably I could be running for eight hours and you could be doing five thirty per kilometer. But mm-hmm. it's that it's that time in your feet, it's that conditioning. Huge endurance, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's it's helped me run uh quicker marathons. And I obviously look like, I, I I've learned myself and I think we said this loads of times like you have to learn to run slow to run fast. And yeah I stand by that. I like I obviously when I started running remember my brother ended up giving out to me that I was running everything way too fast. Everything. Yeah. It was only when I slowed everything back down. That that's actually when I started to improve on it. And especially when you're coming to your distances, which is no, you know. It's just madness, by the way. But, you know. So, and, you done the you... Backyard Challenge. Sorry, know just before, Brian, I just want to grab. You did the Backyard Challenge a couple of weeks ago. When was that again? That was a month ago?
3: Yeah, it was about a month ago, yeah. yeah.
0: Then you went away, recovered. But then for your recovery run, you've done Dublin. <laughs> well, well, not, not really a recovery run yeah, t- t- um. not, a, not a recovery run And you decided then That you look While I'm at it I might as well go And break three hours as well Isn't it? Yeah Well Yeah But
3: it wasn't You make it I beat it <laughs> <a little. laughs> So <clears throat> My plan was always to run Dublin anyway, because it's the one and only marathon I've done with Alana. So I'll always do Dublin regardless. Um, when I came home from Tennessee, so I literally flew in on the Saturday home from Tennessee, and the race was on the Sunday. So I said I'd go, and I was talking to my brother on the way up, and he was like, um, you know, it was my brother's first marathon. I was like, oh, I might run with him Um but he was like, no, no, I just want to do my own thing. He didn't want to feel under pressure with me running with him. So I says grand. I'll go off and, and do my own. And then I was like going, geez, you know, I could probably drink break three hours. Um, so it was a case of go out fast. And at the start of the you W know, you're zigzagging in and out through people, and you're trying to like I was I was way, I was way back in the wave. I was probably at the back or, or just beyond the the middle, like you know, so I had a lot of people to get through. Um my pace was probably a little bit quicker than I should have at the start, and the last ten k was torturous. <laughs>
0: never I, could easy. Feel,
3: I could feel my quads. I could feel my calf was feeling like it was going to go. Um, but yeah, like I said, it just went out. See how the legs were. See how the body was, and just push, push it. Because I knew once Dublin was finished, I was going to have a break anyway. Um, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to run my quickest Dublin Marathon after that was, um so nearly about 560 kilometres for the week. And time you did? For the,
0: oh, 257.50. Well under. Yeah, well done. Well under. Well under. That's, that's a little bit, that. Yeah. <laughs> Mad stuff. Sorry what, was your, two, sorry, what was your weekly mileage you again, you just said?
3: I think it was about 560 kilometres for the week. Mad well, like through through training, see training for the backyard. So what we do is we do a couple of simulation weeks as well. So what I do is I do a weekend where I do a 40 hour um no sleep. But you'd be getting up. So I'd be getting up and I train on a Friday morning before work. I go to work and then I come home and do a bit of training. Then you sort of stay awake um and run run and run on the Saturday morning. Then I'd have my son then Saturday and then I'd go out that night uh running as well. So you do that you do them volumes. Um and then in this one here I done I done one that was sixty hours awake. Um and I literally got three hours sleep and I went and done Longford uh Ultra, which was sixty three K. And I think I ran just over four and a half hours. But again, like just my energy levels just went for the last ten K. I was sort of just hanging on and hanging on, but I finished second as well, like you know what I mean, but I think that's where sort of Dublin City Marathon thing came in, because I knew I was so used to running them distances and staying awake for so long, I could still go and run a a fast race if I needed to.
1: Just, I'll lead into the next question before like the 60 hours rang a bell with me there, but obviously at the backyard, Ultra, you met a very famous person um, who I like following a bit, Lazarus Lake, and for anyone who doesn't know, Lazarus Lake is... Is obviously the brains behind the Barkley Marathon, and he's probably the brains behind a lot of these extreme races. But yeah. tell us a bit about him, maybe, and your your meeting there. You know, it was as you say there, like
3: within the running community or the ultra running community. Uh, Laz is uh an iconic figure. Running in Laz's backyard is an iconic race. Um, and I was actually emailing Laz before I went over, and I was say looking for the the address. You know, when he was like going um. Sandra doesn't like me giving out too early because like people are going to come up and start running in my garden. So <laughs> I was like, oh well, that's what happens when you have an iconic race in, in your garden. <laughs> but um he's a real, you know, he's a he's a real, he's a character, you know, he's always making jokes, but he, you know by him he's highly intelligent. Um to come up with a race like this, to come up with the Barclay Marathon, you know, the the, the backyard ultra attracts like it's it's a growing sport and to get into to get into the world championships this year um you had to do to get on the at last list you had to have done just over 50 hours um after i i dropped out there in tennessee i was talking to lads after it and he says in 2025 he reckons that 70 hours plus is what you'll need to make the back the at last list well
1: That is just... Like
3: it's phenomenal, like you know. So I am seventy-four from running in Tennessee there a few weeks ago. So even at that, I'm not sure that I get in. So I, I'm going to go to retire in Germany where I ran eighty-nine hours before. So I'm going to go there in June next year. And um, there's a few lads going over that I know can can do big big distances. So we'll all work together, get each other to say eighty-plus hours, and then it's every man for himself.
1: I, I just feel like asking why <laughs> Well it's we know man. why We know why
3: <laughs> Well to be honest like going to Tennessee This year I had said it to my coach This is the last one I was doing I mm-hmm. was like after this one I'm done I'm not doing any more Backyards Um, But well, it's, once it's I got a... over there What's
1: that? No I said it's the competitor in you again probably is it?
3: I, yeah I don't know Once I got over there um, So a girl was crewing for me over there Annabelle she came down from Michigan um, she like she drove eight hours to come down to crew for me. And I think meeting her, meeting um a lot of the other runners, a lot of the crews and, and the camaraderie within this race, um, it was just it was just so heartwarming, it was so nice, it was a nice atmosphere to be in. It's not like you know, in other sports where people like like are, you know, against each other. Within this mm. race, you're not against anybody, you're only against yourself and mm. everybody's working together because you need them to get to that distance. And that's the difference with the Backyard Ultra. And, you know, I was just feeling going, I can't, I can't stop doing this. There's just this love for it and this love of pushing myself so far and pushing myself so hard. And I think what happened, like, in in Tennessee, I, I had so many questions after it of, like, I went out in the 75th lap, I timed out, and my body just wouldn't go anymore. My energy levels were gone, but... You know, I saw that I threw a load of questions at my coach. It was like, you know, I was losing massive amounts of salt. I was trying to replace it. Um, but again, like you're you're in Ireland, you're training in Ireland. You're not losing that amount of salt. So your body's not used to losing it, but it's also not used to taking that amount back in. Um, I was injured for seven months of this year. I couldn't run because of stress fracture. And then when I did get back running, I tore my calf. So it's out again, for another three weeks. You know, so the volume of running that I'd done was, like, I hadn't ran as less in five years, you know. So there's so many different factors going into this race. As I said, I'd done a lot of sleep deprivation work. I was on the bike for hours at a time, starting at 2 or 3 in the morning and going until, like, 8 or 9 in the morning. But, like, you need to be running. You need to be conditioned. And with the elevation, the technical terrain that is in – In Laz's backyard During the day Loop is 11 hours And it's so technical It's 130 metres Per loop Of uh, elevation Then you go out On the road And the road is like You go down a hill And there's two turns So you go 3.4k out You turn around And you come 3.4k back It's black Dark On the road Like I was I think it was about 50 hours in I was running down the road And my mother My mother sent me a message So I was Voice messaging her back And an armadillo ran across in front of me, and I was like, Um, I don't know if this is real or not, but an armadillo was out after run across in front of me because <laughs> your mind is just gone, like you know, so you, you're hallucinating all the time. Yeah. Um, Jeez. so you just don't know what's real and what's not. That's, that's good. Um,
0: is the Barclay Maritons on your radar?
3: I would love to do it. I would love to do it now. You get it, you can get into it by winning the backyard ultra, okay.
1: Well, is I know another, which is it's another
0: it's reason to go back and try again.
3: Well, I think I have it in me to to win the backyard ultra to be honest. Mm. I think I can be I think I can be world champion in backyard ultra.
0: Brilliant. I like that. I, I actually I the I, I mean the confidence is just I like it's it's, you, it's you have to be I think. Yeah, yeah. you do. Um, but I think... like
3: you know, and I think that's what's going to bring me back there because I know I have it in me to do it. Um, like the world record is was set there by Harvey Lewis, 108 hours, um, which is phenomenal. Like it's it's ridiculous. But I think, you know, you have to be prepared to go for 120 hours. Um, and that was the plan this time round. Going out there was like you have to be prepared to go for 120 hours. You need to be
1: prepared for five days um and, and- because the, the sport is progressing. And you know, like when you do those laps, and as you said, you can you finish with it maybe some minutes to go. Do you actually get any sleep at all, or yeah, do you get a absolutely. power power naps here and there is power naps?
3: Yeah, so you try to do five to eight minute sleeps, but you come to a point where you you come in, you go into your tent, you lie down, and it's like you, it's like you just close your eyes and you have to get up again, mm. um, because you have three whistles for three minutes to go. You have two whistles for two minutes to go. One whistle for one minute to go, and you have to be on the, in that starting corral when that bell goes off. If you if you are not there, you're out. And um, if you're not back around, if you don't finish your loop within that time, you're out. So, you know, even people that don't get off the chair to go into the corral, and it, it goes off, you know, it's um, it's a it's a massive decision to make because once that goes, your race is over. And if you if you make that split second decision that I'm not going there, you know, two minutes gone or five minutes gone, then you go, oh, I probably should have went. Yeah. You know, so it can really really affect you.
0: And uh, that there, we got a message from Richie from Navin. So Richie just wants to know, who did you pick beforehand to win the big dog challenge? Apart from myself, like apart from yourself, <laughs> of course, of course, that goes without saying. <laughs> Um,
3: it was a tough one because Harvey Lewis was always going to be there Harvey Lewis is a seasoned ultra runner um, But With Harvey he could he's done He does a lot of races It's very hard to know if he's going to show up or not And he definitely showed up this time um, Other than that I thought the Belgians were going to be Very very strong um, There was I think there was seven Belgians there so they were all sort of working Together and Two of them had done 101 hours each. Um, then you had, like, Phil Gore was the was the previous world record holder at 102 hours, so he's from Australia. Um, Sam Harvey had done 101 hours. He's from New Zealand. So th- they were all going to be very, very strong. Um, but the only problem is that the lads that done 102 and 101, the Australians and the New Zealand, they had done that three months previous. Okay, yeah. You know, so it was always going to be a tough one for them. But Harvey had dropped out at 90 hours in that one. So he had got mileage in his legs, but he—I don't think he had overexerted himself either. He was fresh out He only did a five k. So he only done it ninety hours. Jesus.
1: <laughs> what I what I think is amazing here again. We're not to lose sight of the fact that you're relatively new to running. Really, when you think about it, was it seven years? You said, is it? And obviously, you know, it's, two. I
3: yeah. started ultra running in two thousand and nineteen, so I'm probably about what four years ultra running.
1: Well, and you're you're talking about winning the. Winning the World Championships, An which is engine. incredible, you know. Yeah.
0: Um Matthew Collins wants us to know um, will you change or evolve your race strategy? You now for the big uh, dog for these ultra, you know, the backyard challenges.
3: Yeah, um, you always have to be changing and evolving. Um, I think you have to be learning all the time. The problem with these races is you can do probably one, two max a year. So you have to learn very, very fast. Um, and I think, like, I've done, that was my fourth one. And I've learned so much from the very first one I've done. Um, and even when I've done the 89 hours, second in the world, I was disappointed because I still had learned so much as well. And I was like, why didn't I change that? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? So I had a lot of questions there. But in t- with this one here, i done 74. I was actually, I could actually turn around and say I was proud of myself for going that distance. At 40 hours, I was fit to pull the plug. I had 14 hours, I had really, really bad 14 hours and I was just grinding, grinding hours out and grinding them out and I had said it to, to Annabelle, I says like, I'm fit to, I'm fit to pull the plug here. I says, I'm, my, I'm, my head is gone, my body's not reacting and uh, whatever happened, whatever, she, she got me sorted, we got food in and we had an incredible day that day and right through that day and that night um, it was just when we came back in, sort of coming back into the third day, finish to finish of the third day and coming into the fourth day, my energy levels start going down again. And I thought, right, get back into the daytime, which was seventy-two hours. We were turning back onto the trail again, so I got two hours out of that, and I was just my body was just slowing down all the time. Um, the heat, the humidity, you know, there were so many factors there that went against me. And, you know, there was nothing I could do. I was grinding out hours for, for ages. Mm. And that's what i was saying. I went back up. After I stopped, we went and got something to eat. Went back up to the race. And, you know, I could stand there and not go, oh, I should be still out there. I was actually standing there going, I'm happy with how I've I'm done. done.
0: I'm done. I'm done. Do you have yeah. a mantra that you give yourself when times get tough? Or is it just,
3: you know, yeah. keep going? So. So what I've done over the past, say, uh, eight, nine months, I sort of, as I said, I've started to do a lot of inner self work and inner self-healing. So, like, I recite the first three lines of the serenity prayer. Now, I'm not religious by any means, um, but the the serenity prayer is something that I would say. And I say it purely because... If I can recite this, I know my mind is still healthy.
1: I was just thinking there, when we asked you the rapid-fire questions earlier and we asked you a movie, I'm stunned you didn't say the Barclay Maritans are where dreams go to die <laughs> or one of these ones. Too quick. It's too quick. Can't yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or maybe you're better off not watching those things, maybe, <laughs> if you're thinking of doing it.
3: Yeah. No, I have. i yeah. I've watched them, all right. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're absolutely brilliant. Like, your man Gary Robbins is brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Alana's obviously, with you still when you're running these races in your mind and inspiring you too. I think is she, hundred percent. You know, like even in in Tennessee, um, there was
3: this climb and I went up and there was a, a, a pink ribbon around a tree, um, and I sort of chose that tree then to come. That that's the point that I wanted to get to on every lap, just to say hello. And I was like, every 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 lap that I went around in the day, just to say hello, Alana, and smile and get going again, um. Yeah, of course, like Alana is my driving force. Alana has me where I am. And like you asked me beforehand, uh, if I wasn't running, what would I be doing? And I said, I'd be smoking because if I didn't have Alana, I would not be running. Um, And I, I'm a firm believer people come into your life for a reason, if only for a short time. But they show you a new way to live or they teach you a lesson. And I think Alana has done both for me. She showed me a new way to live and she's taught me so many lessons. She was eight years of age when she passed away. She changed my life and I think she changed so many other people's lives. Um, so many people, um, especially in Dublin City Marathon, um, when they're passing my late, salute her. Um, and you know, it's it's incredible feeling for me to have that, to 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 have been able to do that. And as I said, like to to have probably one of the best daddy daughter days out anyone could ever
0: wish for. Yeah, and I yeah. actually enjoy it's I perfect. I don't, I get I've I have an eight year old daughter now at the moment, you know what I mean? And I just put myself and it's just like, oh you know, yeah. I'm, Likewise, so yeah. Go ahead carry on here a second.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know it's the same here actually, in fairness to you. Yeah, yeah. Um but it's it's uplifting as well, in fairness. There there was one other question uh, came into us as well. So I was gonna ask it earlier myself as well, anyway. But um do you do you incorporate much strength work into your training?
3: Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, so with with these, because the elevation within the backyard and a lot of them are on technical terrain, so you need to be building up your quad strength, your calf strength, and even now, like so, I started back training during the day in the mornings now. So I go swimming and I go into the gym, but I'm focusing on say upper and lower um, strength, um, and then sort of just doing probably 10k then a day. So each day I'll do something different just that it's not going to get a bit, you know, mundane, because there's a point that I'll get to where I'll just be running pretty much all the time. Now, the only thing is like within these races, you burn, like I burned 40,000 calories when I was in Tennessee, I lost about three kilos in weight. Mm-hmm. Um, So like, you have to be careful. You have to sort of keep your weight up. Like I'm 74 kilos normally and I try to maintain 74 kilos, but when I finish one of these races, I look like I've lost so much weight. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can see it on me because I don't have weight to lose. Um, and that's a biggest,
0: that's a massive thing for me is to, to try and keep weight on. And how do you do that? I to- you know. Cause like, if you think of it, you have to go every hour, right? you're not having a, you know, like a lot of races where you can sit down for 10, 15, 20 minutes and eat something and then go again and just clock up your mileage. Yeah. You have to be at the start line every single time. And as you're running, you're not going to have a chicken dinner. Like, you know, so that's it. What are yeah. you
3: eating this time? So what I start doing, so instead of taking tailwind, I take maltodextrin. It's the same thing. It's liquid carbohydrate. Um, so I bring a bottle of that with me, and then in, when you stop, like, so you try and get in, like some pot noodles, bananas, you know, anything that's full of carbs, and just you just get it in. Now you have to have a fine balance because what happens is you can take in so much before you get sick. So your body will just start rejecting it. And then over there, because it's so hot and so humid, your your you can't digest it because obviously all the blood has gone out to cool all your, your muscles. So you can't digest food. So you have to be so careful of how quick you take it in, how much you take in. But on the on the flip side of it is you need to take it in because you don't want to lose energy. So it's a massive like, you know, it's a massive thing of like having someone there that it's nearly like what I said at the start, we had this joke like in the first 24 hours, Annabelle was like putting food into my mouth. I was like, going, geez, I could get used to this, you know, come come like 30 hours or 40 hours in. She was still doing. I was like going every time I turn around, you're stuffing something into my mouth. Like I said, I'm going to get PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> but she was right in what she was doing, because if I was given the, the choice myself, I'd probably go, no, I'm not going to eat that. I'm not yeah. hungry. You know, so mm. the fact she was there talking away but stuffing food into my mouth, it, it keeps you going. Like,
1: yeah, you you mentioned Gary Robbins there, uh, the Ginger Runner, isn't he? And like, yeah, for people that, like he is, a, he is a, um, a documentary about uh, the Barclay marathons I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast before. Where dreams go to die, it's a phenomenal yeah. watch. Incredible. He was, he he was drinking ketchup straight. That <laughs> like you know, uh, have you ever have you ever gone to that extreme? No,
3: no, 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 no. He was actually okay. um, so Ehor. to finished second. The Canadian. He was. Um, he only lives ten doors away from Gary Robbins. Right. Um, now Ehor was very, very strong, but you could see him about hundred and three hours. He started to go downhill a bit. You know, he was starting to lose his mind. Um, but as well, like in this one, in this race, you know, lads, you know, they say. You know, your body will take it so far, it's your mind that will take it the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Lads run to the point that their mind actually shuts down to the point that they've ran the same loop for, say, 30 or 40 hours. And they go to run it and then they stop and they don't know what way they have to turn. Mm. Their mind just shuts off.
1: Was wasn't there a story about? And I know I'm going back to the Barclay Martins, but a guy who had basically ran so long and hallucinated so much that he got lost and he ended up in a town somewhere, wasn't it? Or there's, there's so many stories, I suppose. But yeah, I can yeah. imagine the mind, like whatever, with the body getting tired, the mind was shut like down. Yeah,
0: you said hallucination, like that probably wasn't an magdito. That would actually probably was a car or something. Right, in front of
1: <laughs> a stone on the road. Well,
0: <laughs> it's
3: e- it even comes to the point where you have to you have to tell yourself what country you're in. You have to tell yourself why you're running out this road to turn around to come back. You know, like your mind starts asking you all these questions of like, why are you doing this? What am I running out here for? Um, and it was only talking to Phil Gore. And Phil would, would actually say to himself, so we would a, a chip on our ankle. And Phil would tell himself, I'm carrying this chip out to the halfway point and I have to bring it back. So that's that's the level of mental ability that you have to have. Because you know yourself, like you know if you're running 3.4k out and 3.4k back, it can seem a long a hell of a long way. Um when you have to do it over and over again. So you're 13 hours doing that before you change onto the day loop. Um and you 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 your mind just starts to wander and it starts like you're falling asleep and you can you see lads drifting to the side and you're just going, oh, he's falling asleep. But like, even when you fall asleep yourself, you're sort of running on the road. And the next minute you feel the grass. It's like, and there's some drops as well. So you have to be so careful.
1: Mm-hmm. Amazing. I was just going to wrap up. One last question because uh, another man who is in that kind of world that you've been in, Owen Keat, and he did the Barclay, obviously, as well. He has yeah. the record for running Madden to Mizzen. Ever thought about taking that on? He
3: actually, his record's gone. Ed, Go- Ed oh, McGorty right. has it now. Oh, that's
1: right, Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, you're right. I took
3: yeah. that. Um, Ed, another incredible uh, runner as well for Ireland. Um, Yeah, 100%. Definitely take it on. And I know, like, if I was going to take it on, uh, Ian and Ed would 100% help me out, give me advice. You know, and, and again, I come down to, that's the beauty of ultra running is that we all there to help each other. Um, Any advice that they have they, they're more than willing to pass it on I I I spoke to Ian when we went to um, to Verona there last last year uh, for the European Championships and I was sitting in the bus chatting to Ian and you know the rate when he starts talking the races he's done he's mm. just phenomenal to listen to you know and he's just an incredible human and as I said he's more than willing to pass on his knowledge of what he's learned onto everybody. And I do
0: find that a lot Because I've I've Like we've done Obviously a few A couple of interviews With longer distance runners And every one of them Has said the exact same thing It just seems to be that Right I've done it I don't care if someone's Going to beat it I, But I would help them Beat it itself It doesn't matter right. Because I think it's just so tough And there's so few of Of you As in yeah. that, that elite You have to help each other Or else the whole sport Will just fall apart Yeah
3: It's so much respect For each other Because you know The work that you have to put in to get to that point So like If someone's willing To put in that work You're going Well look You're willing to put it in I'm willing to help you Yeah You know And I, I'd be the same If someone has Wanted to do a backyard And said Look Keith I want to break your Irish record Like Let's go mm-hmm. I, And I, I'll stay I'll try and stay
0: with you To bring you to that point Yeah uh, Keith like we've we say this loud, and I actually we've so much still to cover and like we're we're, we're nearly about now we're in, so we're not we we' I'm going to have you back on, and I mean this we are because like we haven't even covered you running for Ireland, we haven't covered you doing hell's Week. we haven't covered you know so many different races, so like there is a second episode in this, and I mean that and it's just like we've covered you know so much in that point, but we're missing so much more as well, so I think if it's, we'd have you back on again in, you know, Absolutely. the nearest yeah. future and we can go through a few different areas and stuff like that because it's a hell of a story. Yeah. Well, a- you,
3: you know, like for me, when Alana passed away, my main thing was to start to build my life experiences. And as you say, hell week, like geez, I forgot all about that, you know? um, And that was an incredible experience and it's something that I would love to do again. But like, i've i've qualified i like i flew up through through the world of ultra running and you know i'm ultra running four years i've gone up very very quick um but i train so hard and i put so much into it and i love what i do um i love competing and as i said like i would not be doing it if it wasn't for alana um so i'm building all my life experiences now like I've n- I never left Europe until this year. I went to Dubai out of my coach, and then I was in Tennessee to run in the world champions' backyard ultra. If you had said that to me six years ago, I would have laughed, you know?
1: Absolutely. Again, look, it's been absolutely outstanding. And I think your story is far from over. But look, the story you've given us so far and the story with Alan as well is unbelievably inspiring. And I think a lot of people will, you know, only, only wish you the best as we do as well. So, Thanks keep doing much. keep doing what you're doing is what I'd say and thanks a million for joining us. Thanks very much for
3: having me on. I really, really appreciate. It. And like, you know, I'm looking to build a, the sport of ultra running, backyard running, and my own my own profile too. So I appreciate you lads asking me to come on and share my story because it's something that I, I like to get out there. I like talking about Alana because she's well, she's the one that has me where I am.
0: And sorry, Keith, just before we finish up, where can people look catch you look you look you up?
3: It's probably the easiest thing would be on Instagram. So it's Keith with three underscores Russell on Instagram. Yeah, and so we'll share your profile as
0: yeah, well, obviously. And make sure yep. you give, give it a like because it's actually a re- it's, a, it's a very good page. Uh, Keith, till the next time, which won't Thanks be too far away because I think I want to carry this discussion on. Um, thank you very much for giving up your time and having a chat. But, you know, incredible story. And, you know, I'll take it an awful lot again from this that it, like, yeah. like we do in fairness. No, thanks very much again. Say, appreciate,
3: appreciate you asking yeah. me to come on. And
1: as you said beforehand, an absolutely incredible guy, um, powerful, inspirational. He um, was kind of an emotional into at times. I think you know, as you said, you have a daughter, I have a young daughter as well. I can't believe, you know, I, I can't imagine. I was even talking to my own wife here after we recorded Friday night and talking to one or two other people about it as well, and I was like saying, you know. He goes from, as he said, the best father-daughter day in October when he runs the Dublin Marathon in uh, 2017, I think, wasn't it? Um, To a couple of weeks later, walking into the bedroom and finding, unfortunately, his daughter, Alana, you know, dead in the bed. And like, oh, I just can't can't believe it. But look, the, the, the inspiration he has found from that moment and moved forward and, you know, carries Alana with him, I suppose, as he said himself in... Runs with her in his, in memory of her and things like that. She's she must be inspiring because what he's gone on to do since has been absolutely phenomenal. And I think the story, while just as you said, there's some stuff we didn't catch up with him. I think the story is far from over in terms of what he's going to achieve, and hopefully will achieve. And hopefully he gets stays injury free now as well. He's had a bad year with injury, so yeah. Watch the space for sure, yeah.
0: No, definitely. And again, like you know, make sure you check him out on his social media page, um, you know, keep, you know Instagram as he said himself. But you know, brilliant story. And you know, we, as we said, we might try to get him if he ever gets into the Barclay Marathons, we try to get okay. that that chat with him when he's over there if we can. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, that's it. A wrap on this week's show. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I will thank Andy for filling in last week for me. Uh I will be here next week in a couple of weeks' time. I'll have to probably take hopefully take another week off because I'm off to London next week, Brian. Um Sorry? off to London for the All Ireland quarterfinals. So great, great of, life. Yeah. But I'll be
1: back on Sunday to bore you to tears. I have a feeling you might be hoarse after all your shouting. I know. <laughs> and, yeah, so we'll see how you go. Um yeah, and in the meantime, look, we might do another GoFundMe page for Rory Shorts as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, until next week, Uh, exactly. Until next week, uh, best of luck to everybody involved with races, running races, or getting out to races, or just keeping themselves fit in whatever way they can. And we'll catch you hopefully at some event soon. Till then, talk to you soon. Good night.